Let's maybe pull straws to decide. Michael, we don't own straws. We're not monsters. I'm Sierra Bravo, and I'm the narrator of a brand new, first of its kind, sitcom podcast called Popcorn for Dinner. This show has everything a sitcom should. Relatable problems, wacky characters, and even a will-they-won't-they. It's comfort listening at its finest. And there's even a laugh track. But don't worry, you get used to it. Popcorn for Dinner, available wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Sports Talk with Ninja and JMO, where you get all the sports knowledge you need. All right, it is the Sports Talk with Ninja and JMO, co host finally. Uh, how's it going, JMO? Everything's going great. How's it going your way? Um, it's good, but I've been informed that apparently I don't know what I'm talking about with basketball. Why do I want to go? When it comes to the NBA playoffs, I, I saw the clip or I read the clip or heard the clip, whatever you want to say. And I have to tell you, you are wrong. The yeah. Suns are going to win five, not seven. The Bucks do not have enough offense, especially with a Gimpley Giannis. Giannis is the only chance they have. Um, after watching game one last night, um, I predicted it was going to be the best defense versus the best offense, which should have been made for a good game. But as we saw the results, 118 to 105, there's just Phoenix has too much offensive power for the Bucks. It wouldn't surprise me if they get it in four. It's going to be seven. The Bucks are going to make adjustments, and they're going to come back hard, and they're going to shut them down. You know, they have every every, every series. They have, they, they've got a tendency to start off slow and they work their way back. They do make good adjustments, but I once again, I just don't think they have enough offense. If they win one game, it's going to be in Milwaukee. Outside of that, I, I, I think I think it's going to be the Suns and Fox. Did you did you know? Um, I'm actually I'm going to stick to my guns because it was my prediction, but I'm actually kind of worried about my prediction at this point. Uh, what record Chris Paul and Devin Booker? I don't want to say record. What uh, milestone they achieved? As far as the scoring and their debut in the playoffs and the, the finals. In the finals, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. only like the fifth pair ever to both score over 25 in their first appearance in the the finals. Right, and Chris Paul being the only player, I think it was outside of Carl Malone to do so, being 35 or older. Yeah, I didn't realize Chris Paul was so, like, 11 Right? So this is probably Chris like... Paul played like a determined player who was determined to win his first finals, and he's going to do anything he can to make sure that Phoenix breaks on the title. Like, if he plays like he did in game one, it's 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 going to be over fast. Well, yeah, and, and I, I thought the Suns were going to win. I agreed with you on that. It, it was just the, uh, you know, I thought it was going to be closer. Um, but with Chris Paul winning this, does he become a Hall of Fame player? Will he be in the I Hall think of Fame? He was, I think he was already going to become a Hall of Fame player. But to be honest, I think this gives him more credibility. So now when he speaks, people are going to listen because – not that they haven't before, but there's always been that asterisk. Oh, Chris Paul's a great guy, but what has he done? Chris Paul's a great guy, but he's never done one the big one. He's never been to the finals. Um, now I think it gives him that credibility to say, hey, look, I've been there. I've done it. I've won it. And not only that, he went to Phoenix. Let's not forget, Phoenix was in the dumpster in the NBA two years ago. Um, like, you're they've been in the dumpster for a long time. 
But I mean, as of two years ago, I mean, they 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 made some changes last year, and they were the best team in the bubble last year um, by far. But outside of that, I mean, you're they they've been in the, the dumpster of the NBA. And Chris Paul said, "I'm going to Phoenix, and I'm going to turn this team around, and I'm going to win." Like he didn't pull LeBron. He didn't say, "Okay, I'm going to go get me an Anthony Davis. I'm going to go to the Lakers. I'm going to get all these players to come play for me. I'm not going to go to Miami." and get the best players available to win me a title. He said, look, I'm going to Phoenix. They haven't won a title since. They, they haven't even been in the finals since, what, 74? They've never won a title. Right. Like, I'm going to Phoenix, and I'm going to win me a championship, and he's done that. He's on, he's on path to do that. I, 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 think, I think they will, and I don't think he could have done it without Devin Booker. Oh, absolutely not. Like, it, it takes more than just Paul. And, and even when Paul was down, you know, Booker stepped up. And I think – not that I'm not that I want to brag on the USA product too much, but I I, I would buy me a Booker jersey if I was looking to buy me a jersey. Oh, uh, so I saw some other news though uh, that have absolutely nothing to do with the NBA Finals, but I think would change the finals for next year. And there is talk that Cleveland is going to pay out Kevin Love's contracts, and that he's already been talking to the Warriors. Yeah, that'd be that'd be nice, but it's all gonna come down to Clay. If Clay comes back, that's gonna change the landscape in the Warriors anyway. It Clay is, and Steph Curry together are unstoppable. They yeah. are unstoppable. But you throw Kevin Love in the mix too. Yeah, but where do you put him? I mean, you're talking you're talking the three four position. You know, you got Clay as the two. I mean, you got Curry as the one. Like, there's not gonna be enough shots for three of them. <laughs> Not all at once, but you know, there's always that drop off, and one of them's out. This would eliminate that drop off, have them more of a rotation, keep them fresh, so they last longer into the season, last longer into the playoffs, so they don't get as tired. Plus, the way the the article was written, saying since Kevin Love's made his money, he's actually talking about taking on a veteran's minimum contract, so he's gonna be doing it for next to nothing just to go get some more titles. Right, and I, and I get that, but the Golden State's gonna have the problem going forward until they get it resolved. People figured out, defenses in the NBA figured out the small ball error. They figured out, look at Houston. Like, the defense, it did not take long to figure out how to stop the small ball game. And until Golden State gets a respectable big in the middle, they're always going to struggle when it comes down to the, the, the conference finals and the finals. See? Like, I just don't see them being dominant like they were for a couple of years there when they had Kevin Durant, obviously, and, and Curry and and but they were dominant, and ever since that last time they were dominant, though, they've been plagued with injury after injury. They've yet to have a good team, their whole team, going into a season or going into the end of the season. I don't think – I think you're right about figuring out the small ball. I still don't think with the Warriors healthy, anybody's figured them out just because Steph Curry is ridiculous. You can't – there is no figuring them out. You need – He's going to shoot, he's going to score, he's going to get his points. You just got to figure out how to stop everybody else. Right, but at this point, for like the last two years, it seems like he hasn't even had everybody else. Right. Because everybody's been hurt or gone. So I think the Warriors might be coming back big next year because I think the Lakers are just going to completely fall apart. Oh, I agree. I think the Lakers are done. I mean, like, I'm so LeBron's happy to see that. LeBron isn't going to be around much longer. He's not going to He's not going to lose. and, and he's, he's got too much pride and too much... He's either ain't gonna buy his way out and try to build another championship team somewhere else, or he's just gonna he's just gonna fade away into the sunlight. I think he'll try to get somebody else to go to the Lakers, so they'll have a, a bigger big three. 
I wouldn't be surprised if they try to get love too. But if you look at their roster last year when they won, yeah, they 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 had you know LeBron and they had Anthony Davis, but their their role players all played significant minutes this year in the playoffs for other teams. Like they they messed up by, by LeBron messed up by being LeBron, if you ask me. But that's just my opinion. Oh yeah, and, and and you know what, the injuries didn't help. Let me just throw in. Let me just throw in since we're talking about LeBron. Let's just throw in this greatest ever talk. Hands down, without a shadow of a doubt, there will never be another Michael Jordan. Yeah. And LeBron James could not lace Michael Jordan's shoes. So, Look, he couldn't lace Kobe Bryant's shoes. <laughs> Facts. He's not even the greatest Laker of all time. <laughs> right. <laughs> True story. I mean, he's the best player Cleveland's ever seen, but I might go to Cleveland and be the best player they've ever seen. And, and even that's questionable. Yeah, so he's not. He, he's nowhere near the greatest of all time. Michael Jordan's the greatest. Just look at the trophies, the records, and everything. Michael Jordan. Um, and no, then Kobe Bryant. I heard, I, heard I heard it best. Like, when, when Michael Jordan is prime, there was no room for anybody else. No. Nobody else. Look at Charles Barkley. Nobody else won championships during, during Jordan's prime. Like, it was Jordan, period. You were going to lose. Yeah. You were playing for second place, and you knew it. Like, now there was no, like there is now, where, oh, we're going to build this team, we're going to beat them. No, you did not beat Jordan, period. Like, it, it's a good thing they don't actually base Hall of Fame on championships alone because that'd be, like, seven years that nobody else would be eligible for the Hall of Fame because that's when Jordan was playing. Right. Uh, all right, we'll move on from NBA talk. Unless you got anything else you want to throw in there? Oh, no, that's good. I'm not. Sounds like four or five. I still think it's going to set. I think the Bucks are going to make that adjustment. But well, we will see, and we will definitely talk about it. You I definitely... think I know where you're going. I think I know where you're going. I think this is a nice transition. I think we do need to bring up the NFL and predictions because I was very interested. I was I was listening to a podcast earlier today on 93.9 DeVille, and I was listening to him talk about the NFL, and I was listening to projections. And I was listening to talk about Baltimore being the favorites, and then Kansas City, and then Cleveland, of all people. Cleveland? Yes. Cleveland? Uh, they're, 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 they're predicting uh, Baltimore at 10.6 wins, uh, Kansas City at 10.5, and uh, Cleveland at 10.4 wins, which is beyond me. I don't know how anybody can't look at what we see coming. And and I'm, I never have been, never will be a diehard Tennessee Titans fan. No. But there's no way that they can't be – like unstoppable. Like they've got the best running back and the best receiver in the game now. That's you can't cross the box. You can't open the lanes. So like, what are you going to do to stop them from scoring? Like, it, it's going to be crazy. And statistically, one of the most accurate quarterbacks. Exactly. I mean, he doesn't throw deep bombs, but when he throws the ball, it goes exactly where he wants it to go. And you got. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a defense? Pulling three safeties back to stop the long ball. Can you imagine what Henry's going to do? Like, um, it's going to be stupid. It's going to be absolutely stupid. And then vice versa, if you don't have those safeties backs and you crowd the box to stop Henry, then you're going to get killed downfield. Like, I just don't see how any defense is going to prepare to stop Tennessee. I don't think you're going to stop them. I really don't. The only hope for people playing Tennessee is to outscore them. Yeah. And 
Tennessee's defense does need work. They picked up a few players. They didn't really do enough in defense because they put everything in offense this year, which is fine because yeah. that works. Uh, but they had the, they had the third best ranked defense in the, the the league last year, and, and so I mean I don't I don't really see a problem with that. I mean yeah they didn't improve, but well they didn't improve and they lost a few. Their defense isn't going to be as good as it was last year. Oh okay. But it's still going to be good. It's going to be good enough. And the thing about Tennessee is once they score so many points, they're going to not let your offense get on the field. Right. They're they're, they're going to run. They're not going to run Derrick Henry to death, but they also their backup running back is good. I can't remember his name. Y'all can hate me later, but he's good. They'll rotate running backs, and whenever time they you think third down, they'll, they'll just throw the ball. And yeah, and me and you had this conversation off the air. We were talking about to me. I see, and yes, I'm a Louisville fan. Don't get me wrong. Yes, I do see some favoritism towards Louisville players, but I honestly do believe it's true. I think Atwell, huge, huge draft pick for them. He's probably the fa- he was probably the fastest receiver in the league. Yeah, he's a little undersized, but he's probably the fastest receiver that was in the draft this year. And they pick him up in the slot, and I think he has the potential to have a huge year in that slot because oh, once man. again. Once again, if they double-team the receivers and they freaking try to cloud the box, that slot receiver position is going to be having a field day. But this, field day. This, I'm already pitching it. They run two run plays at Derrick Henry in a row, need like one yard, line up like they're going to run Derrick Henry again, Henry again play action pass into the slot, bam, 15, 20 yards every time. Every time? Yeah. Because no linebackers – Gonna, yeah, no, it's that's it. Tennessee's offense is gonna be unstoppable. Your only hope is to outscore them, which would make going up against Kansas City a problem. Is AJ Brown healthy? Yeah. You follow Tennessee more than I do. Yeah, he he's healthy. healthy. Everybody, okay. everybody is healthy. Um, honestly, uh, the only actually worry health wise is Julio Jones, right? Because he he does have a tendency to get hurt, but. Right. That's the only one. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, but have you, have you seen Atlanta's offensive line? Just curious. Have I seen what? Atlanta's offensive line. No. no. Oh, no. <laughs> well, that was the thing in Atlanta that Julio Jones was their offense. Yeah. And so when there's only one person, you know where it's going every time. And with Tennessee, well, that won't Ripley, happen. Ripley, Ripley had a hell of a season this year, too, though. So, like, I... I, I I get it. He was the number one receiver, but I, I think they have a little bit more than just Julio. Well, they didn't but have they near enough. But Cleveland winning 10 games, did I miss a day? Did, 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 did something happen I don't know about? Well, with Cleveland, what Cleveland's got, A, they went ahead and stacked their lineup, which was huge for them. They, they, they definitely were probably the smartest team in the draft. They, they've, they've stacked their offensive lineup. They've got two of the best receivers, I mean, two of the best running backs in the in the AFC. So, like, like they play that double running back game better than any other team, period, in the NFL, I believe. And so you give them a line, and you give uh, Baker Mayfield time to actually throw the ball when they're not running it, and they do have the potential to be pretty deadly. But there's a problem. And, and and I know it's going to sound horrible, like I'm being mean, but I'm not. It just seems like everybody goes to Cleveland, just suddenly sucks. 
Right. It doesn't matter what they did everywhere else before. They get to Cleveland, and it's like something in Cleveland's water makes them forget how to play football. Oh, you mean like Tim Couch, the best quarterback in, in, in the NCAA probably ever. And then he goes to Cleveland, and, well, there goes his career out the window. Now he's selling insurance. Like, cause <laughs> if, if you look at what Cleveland's players, they're like, oh, they should be awesome. And then they, they suck. They, they're like the New York Knicks. You can put the best players in the world there, and they're just going to suddenly start losing. Right. So I, they, I, I, they've, been it together. they've been putting it together these last couple of years, though. I, part, of their, part of their problem was both sides of the ball in their line. Their lines were horrible. Like, no matter how good of a quarterback you are, you can't throw from your back. Just ask Barrow in Cincinnati. Like, poor down. Like, how, how can you not feel sorry for Joe Barrow? Like, that's ridiculous. I think he might have actually broke Manning's record. They still did not draft him a lot. Still. He's still going to be running for his life. Poor guy. He's just going to lay down somewhere. Like, y'all just, I'm just going to lay down. Yeah. That's where a quarterback's going to die, Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> if you want to be a quarterback and you want to die, just go to Cincinnati. Well, it just, he reminds me a lot of uh, uh, Peyton Manning's first season. Do you remember Peyton Manning's first season? I don't. He came out of college. He was going to be the world's greatest football player, and eventually he did get there. He got there. But his first season, the only record he broke was the most player ever sacked. Right. He had more sacks that season than any other player ever in the history of football. The difference, didn't have nothing. the difference between Peyton Manning and really any other quarterback alive, Peyton Manning was a freak at film study. He was a freak at figuring out what he could do to beat you. Like they say, like Peyton Manning was more demanding than any coach you could ever play for. Like you did not play for Manning if you did not want to. If you didn't want to win and you didn't want to give 190 percent, you didn't want to play for Manning. Yeah. And and that's all well and good. It worked out in the end, but that first year, it just didn't matter because the the talent wasn't there, and he got murdered. And the same things happened. And you can tell it too. Like you, can you imagine being a receiver and dropping a pass for Peyton Manning? Like going back that hell, you almost felt sorry for some of those guys. They're going back that hell, you know they were getting their butts chewed out. Yeah, and he was actually easier on the ones that dropped a pass because that did occasionally happen, and he wouldn't say nothing. My favorite was one when Peyton Manning would throw the ball and no receiver was there. Right. And he's like, you should have been there. You were supposed to be there. What the hell is that? Those those were my favorite. I miss Manning. And he's grabbing the clipboard. He's grabbing the iPads. And he's going over the play with the receivers on the sidelines. And the reporters are just eating it up. You know, it's probably actually It's probably a really good thing that his first your challenge, if you choose to accept it, is this. Let's go! Let's go! Show up on day one, work out with us for 30 minutes, feel good right away. Yo! Repeat five days a week for three weeks. Three weeks? Five workouts a week. We're body, and we call that a body block. You pick the block, and you're going to love the experience. On week four, this part is really important. Take the week off. Seriously, we mean it. Rest. Go on vacation. Or try something new. Maybe some yoga. Notice you're not holding on to any tension here. Or a dance class. Get sexy with it, daddy. You do you. And then start again. Be committed to this process. Choose a new body block each month. Get a new challenge each month. Have fun every day. Avoid burnout. You're not going to quit on yourself today. This is how you reach your goals. You win? There is nothing that we can't do if we work together. Sign up for your first body block today. Visit body.com for a free trial. 
That's B-O-D-I dot com. Are you ready to get started? Five or six seasons, they didn't really have pads. It was always paper. Right. Because <laughs> if it had been pads, they probably all would have been broken over receivers' heads. Probably. Absolutely. Oh. Um, yeah, I am surprised that Tennessee's not getting more love. I really am. Like, I just, I, I get it that they don't have a very good defense, if that's the case. But, like, I don't see how teams are going to stop them unless somebody gets hurt. Unless Brown gets hurt or Jones gets hurt or, like, I just don't see how teams can prepare to stop them. There's If you, if you stop one aspect of the game, the other aspect's going to kill you. I just don't get it. Yeah, and you know what? Tennessee never gets any love. It, it's, it's just the way it is. They were AFC South champions last year, and I couldn't find a hat for their championship. We had a special order. Like, that's just the way it is every year. Tennessee don't get enough. Tennessee probably win the Super Bowl, and then the experts next year predict them to not win a single game. Like, that's just the way it is. Tennessee never gets any love. I I never really have – and it's been like this in Tennessee for a long time, even throughout the different coaches throughout the years. Tennessee seems to always have a patient offense. You don't really see them outside of at the very beginning when they first switched over – um, as an expansion team, like I don't, I really don't, I don't. I, they've always been patient. They've always been like just their offense. Sometimes it gets boring to watch sometimes because it's like, oh, they're gonna run the ball again. Oh, they're gonna run the ball again. Oh, they're gonna run the ball again. Oh crap! There's a touchdown. <laughs> but see, Derrick Henry and Eddie George have made me love the run game. Watching Derrick Henry just absolutely destroy people. Yeah. Oh, did you see when he a D back tried to? I mean, I'm sure you saw his highlights everywhere. Did like try to tackle him? And he like he stiffed arm him and threw him 15 feet. Yeah. So D back bounced. Who am I thinking of? Who is the quarterback that played for Tennessee that took him to the Super Bowl? But he actually think he ended up getting murdered. Ah, uh, yeah, McNair, Steve McNair. McNair, Steve McNair. That's right. Yeah, the, the longest six <laughs> inches. He was a little sporadic. He got a little out of control sometimes. But after McNair, they've had a pretty patient offense year after year after year. They did, except for that one failed experiment with Vince Young. Oh, yeah, there was that guy. Yeah, there was that I have his jersey. I won't wear it. Like, <laughs> I bought it when they first got him, and I was so excited. But, you know, he's another prime example, though. Like, at Tennessee, like, he looked unstoppable. I mean, at Texas, he looked unstoppable in college. Like, he looked like he was going to be the next great quarterback. Well, his, his, his problem was uh, he didn't he didn't care. Like, he had all the skill. He didn't want to put the work in. And then we got Marcus Mariota in Tennessee, and his problem was a lack of consistency. He never got that straight two years of coaching from either the same coach or the same offense coordinator. Every right. single year, he either, either had a new head coach, a new offensive coordinator, or both. Right. So he was never, never able to reach his potential that he should have had because he just never had any kind of – like he's learning a new offense every single year. And right. that just it didn't work. But now that we have a, a better head coach, he's more steady, and even though he is switching offensive coordinators because his offensive coordinator got promoted, uh, they're sticking so, with the same so, offense. So let's go ahead and throw this out there so we can have it in recording. We can have it in live broadcast. Let's go ahead and throw our predictions out there on who we think the Super Bowl is going to be next year. Uh, Personally, I'll be first because even though I've been talking up Tennessee, I don't think they're going to be in the Super Bowl. What? I'm predicting Tom Brady versus Baltimore. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Tampa versus Baltimore in the Super Bowl. 
course, uh, I'm a Lamar Jackson fan. You know, I'm a I'm a little fan, and they've done a good job picking up a couple of nice wide receivers during the draft this year, and that's that's what that's what that's what Lamar's needed some receivers who can catch the ball. Yeah, but the Ravens let their defense fall apart. Yeah, true, but and they have to that, beat Tennessee. He's a prime example of a Madden quarterback, though. Like you have to score fifty points to beat him. Well, you know who was on the cover of Madden this year, right? Both. They actually did a double. They actually got um, uh, Lamar and uh, Mahomes, I think. No, I'm talking about the one that's not out yet. I mean, the one that's coming this year. What's that? It's Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry's going to run all over Baltimore and go to the Super Bowl and beat the crap out of Tom Brady. And so you think it's going to be Tennessee and, and Tampa? Oh, yeah, Tennessee's going to win. I don't see anybody on the NFC side that is going to make it past Tampa, at least not next year. I think next year Tampa will get back there. Because, uh, I mean, I just don't see any growth in any other team that could potentially, especially with and, – and I say that now because we're kind of up in the air on what um, Aaron Rodgers is going to do. Because if Aaron Rodgers gets out of Green Bay and goes to, like, a Chicago, like, that could be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, but I think he's going to be stuck in Green Bay. I think he's going to be stuck in Green Bay too, but I think if he is, I don't think he plays. I think I think he's done in Green Bay. I think I don't think he's going to want to play, but he's one of those people. He loves the game so much, he might play anyway. Right. Like well, the reason I wanted to go ahead and get those predictions out of the way is because I'm going to actually make a transition because we have to talk about this. Oh, okay. we get too far into this. We have to talk about the hot but hot topic button right now. Uh-oh. And I definitely want to hear your opinion on it because I definitely have big opinions on it. So what do you think about this name like an image that's going on in college athletics now where all college athletes are allowed to be paid now and they're allowed to be paid for their name, image, and likeness? Um, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. I think it's been going on this whole time anyway. I think some of the bigger colleges have been paying players for years. It's no secret. I think the only difference now is they're not going to have to get their money in a duffel bag in the back of a pickup truck at 2 a.m. in the middle of a field in Alabama. I think they're going to be able to get it above the table, and I think it's a great thing. But I'm not sure if it's a great thing for college athletics overall because now the bigger schools are going to have even more of an advantage because they have more money to offer players, and the bigger markets are going to have more of um, promotional packages available for players. And so the smaller schools are just going to continue to fall further and further down the line. You say that like it's going to make a difference in that the small schools were always going to be behind. They were going to stay behind. It's never going to change. I mean, there's been 28 teams in the college football playoffs and or 26, 28 game that could have been. And it's been six teams. It's one of the six teams every single year. That was before this. That's just the way it is. In college football, it's all on market size. It's all what your school can up. The winners stay winning, the losers stay losing, and that is never going to change. This money is not going to make a difference. All this is going to do is allow players to finally get what they deserve. Because, you know, you get a player in, in college, right? And mm-hmm. he's making the one player making the school millions and millions of dollars and doesn't get nothing. Then his senior year or his last year before he goes for the draft, he gets hurt. Then he leaves with nothing. Right. So and he's over, and he's done. He left it exactly. And I think it's interesting, though, that already there's been numerous players that have withdrawn themselves from the NBA draft because of this. I mean, it's all across the country right now. Players are withdrawing from the draft because now they can actually get paid to play college ball, yeah. and they'll get a chance to actually play for that national championship that they want to play for. 
in college level and get paid for it. So there's been several players since this announcement that have dropped out of the draft um, to come back to college, and a lot of them have entered the transfer portals to try to go to a bigger school or to a school where they can get more money. Which is actually going to make college basketball better. Oh, I agree. Because one of the problems in college basketball where I think college football is, does their system better is you, you can be one and done in college basketball. You right. can't do that with college football. You have to play for three years. So it costs better than one and done. So you don't get those the teams gelling in college. It, it, it's, it's, it's a mercenary sport. And now if you get more players staying longer, you actually might get those dynasty teams in college basketball where you know it's three years of winning championships or you know players actually learning to play together better, which will – actually make the NBA product better because right now, anytime you sign a rookie uh, to the NBA, you're getting a one person out of college one year, they're not ready for the pro game. Exactly. But if you don't sign them now, you're not going to get them. So right. this will actually give them more time here, so they'll actually come back in, into the game more ready for the NBA game. It's actually going to make sports better. It's going to make it more entertaining to watch. You're going to with better players in the end because of it. I agree. But once again, there are going to be certain schools that are able to thrive more than others. Like, for instance, I heard earlier that the Miami Hurricanes already have they've already have certain boosters that have came forward. And even outside all the other money that they can make, there's a, a booster in Miami that is willing to pay $2 million a year to make sure every single player on their football team gets paid a minimum of $500 a month just from him alone. Yeah, and that's, so like, that's good. And that's that's, but so for me though, that's gonna that's where the dynamic of the game changed. And I heard somebody say in the same uh, broadcast, I heard somebody say, "Yep, Miami Hurricanes have, have been doing this for years, so they're already good at it." Yeah, that's it. <laughs> they just don't have to have as many lawyers to hide the money as they used to. That's that's all the only difference. Like, right? I mean, and every team does it. Louisville yeah. does it. Kentucky Wildcats do it. Alabama does it. Alabama probably has the best money laundering scheme for college football in the history of time. Right. And the, best I, thing, the funny part about me, like, yes, I'm a little fan, but I love these Kentucky fans that are just totally blind and totally dumbfounded to the ideal. And my argument's always been the same. You can't tell me that players 10 through 100 – and the college top 100 players are getting paid to play basketball at other schools, and the top 10 players who go to UK aren't. Like well, you just can't tell me that. They're like, oh, we get the best players because we're the best school. Bullshit. You, you can't tell me the number one player in the country is saying, oh, I'll play for UK for free, even though I can go play for Kansas for four hundred thousand dollars. I bet. I bet on average, one player out of the top 10 does it for no money because they love uh, the school. I would say so, but even then, they may not be getting money per se, but you see these college freshmen driving up to school in these Ferraris and these, you know, Lexuses and these, you know, even even so much of new Camrys and new, you know, Ford F-150 pickup trucks, they're doing that on a college income? Come on. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, on average, one, <laughs> one, right. one does it for the love of the school because whatever reason. One right, and and the rest of them do it for hookers and blow. That's it. Right. Oh, well, that's just U of L. My bad. No. Oh yeah, because you know, unless you piss somebody off and you know they decide to blow your scheme up and you get called for it. <laughs> Honestly, I think the hooker one probably was just Louisville. Everybody else just gives them money, lets them buy their own. 
Bullshit. Bullshit. You can't tell me college bitches across the country don't end up with a strip club visit or a, a strip club to the and strippers coming to the door. You can't tell me that's. that's I, I say strippers. I said hookers. You have hired right. a hooker. She wasn't even cute. Right. You will never let that one down. Uh, no, you know, actually, though, the one that killed me was, was the last two years ago, there was reports of UK actually being investigated. And last year, they didn't make the tournament. Right. Funny how that works. I, yeah, just amazing. Now, every team does it. That's why I don't care when a team gets caught, unless they keep getting caught over and over and over again being stupid. And... Well, to me, to me, it's the 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 NCAA. I think the NCAA as a whole needs to go away. Yeah, I think college athletics can survive without the NCAA. I think it's a corrupt organization that's been taking money from these schools and taking money from these players for years. I mean, they're making millions and millions of dollars off these these college athletics. And really, what the hell are they? What do they do? Well, as an organization, what are they really? Um, they have a tournament. <laughs> exactly. That the players that the schools can have without that organization. No, uh, it's called the NCAA tournament. The the guys are there's there's a group of people that are getting rich off of college athletics and calling themselves an organization and oh no, you can't make money because we are the only ones that can make money. Yeah, because that's fair in America. Oh, uh, you know my favorite one and, and I don't know they use this in the argument, but it, it cracked me up. Uh I cannot remember the name of the quarterback that we didn't go to the NFL and didn't do good. Uh, always did the money sign. Mansell? Johnny oh, Mansell. Yeah. Um, they said they were, you know, the school wasn't making that much money of his jerseys that they didn't they didn't put his jersey out there. But if you went to the uh, website for ordering college jerseys, you typed in Johnny Mansell and his number jersey came up, even though they right. weren't using his name. Right. And like, you're like, give the boys money. Right. Give him exactly. a cut for his jersey sales. Just because you didn't put his name on it. If you type in his name in the search and his jersey pops up, you know what you're doing. Right, exactly. So, yeah, no, I actually think it's a good thing. And what you're talking about already happened, so I'm not even that worried about it. I think it's going to actually end up leading to better basketball. It's not going to change the football very much because, like I said, you're going to be there for three years anyway. But for college basketball, it's going to step the game up, actually make it watchable again. But my question is, here's my question, right? And this is where this is all going to get interesting, right? So say a school, you got you're the number one draft pick or the number one available college player available uh, or available high school player to go to college, I should say, right? And so all these schools are bidding for you for, for you to come play for them. And say U of M, just for instance, offers this guy, you know, $200,000 to come play for them, right? So he comes and plays for U of M. And it turns out to be a bust. What happens then? Do they? Do they? Are they allowed to cut the kid? Or are they allowed to allow him to keep playing? Does he? Does he automatically play for U of L for that four forward because he signed a, you know, a, a well? A, a, he, here's the catch. Here's like, the that's where it's going to be interesting. The way I actually understand the rule is, is the way they have to do the pay is they can't actually pay them a definite salary. It's based on their sales of, like, uh, they can sell their autograph now. They can sell their picture now. They can work. 
So it's not an official salary that they get. Okay. It's how much market value can we give you? So there won't ever be a definite like, oh, here's two hundred thousand dollars to come play. It'd be more like if you come to U of L, we already know we can pre-sell this many jerseys, so you would get this much money. So in theory, if he came to play and was a bust, well then his jersey sales wouldn't happen, so he wouldn't get that money. So they just cut him like they would now with a bad player. Gotcha. gotcha. So, but did, did, are they allowed to cut him though? I mean, like, cause in college, in college you, you, when you're on a team, you're there for four years. You don't get cut from a college team usually. But you can. You There are players who have gotten scholarships who have gotten in the, in the, in the college sports, basketball, football, all alike, who have not played up their potential, and they've pulled their scholarships. Uh, true. So it, it does happen. It's just it's generally pretty rare because if you're that good in high school, you generally can pull it off enough in college to be good. You just may never make it to the NBA. So yeah, right. it, it can happen. I, I've seen stories where like where now he didn't live up. We, we pulled his scholarship, and they almost didn't make it. Right. So yeah. All right. Uh, anything else so you want to cover? I'm going to throw a cheap plug out there just because I love you so much. Go cards. Oh, all whatever. day, every whatever. day. Whatever. Yo, basketball, football, all day, every day. Let's go. I want to see one play. You know, nothing worse than a U of L basketball player. What's that? A UFL football player. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, guys. That's the show for tonight. I uh, hope you enjoyed J-Mo because he's going to be here a whole lot more. And we're going to give you everything you need for your sports knowledge. Everybody have a good night. Peace. Have a good night, everybody. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. It's all part of the Ninja Podcast Network. With all the shows featuring Ask the Angry Ninja Show, uh, Not a Kid's Game, presented by the Angry Ninja, which is our D&D podcast, the Ninja News and Politics Show, uh, Sports Talk with the Ninja and J-Mo, and our newest podcast, Outrageous Stories with the Ninja, uh, featuring occasional special guests. Great shows, great stuff. If you want to reach any of us, you can go to AskTheAngryNinja at gmail.com. You can reach us on Twitter at cman2342. You can get us on Facebook um, on the Ask the Angry Ninja Show Facebook page. Any of those places, if you want to support us, we appreciate that. Go to patreon.com slash worst jokes. And if you join high enough tier, you'll get a free gift. And we just appreciate any support and feedback. You guys have a wonderful night, and we'll holla at you later. Bienvenido a Kaiser Permanente. El doctor ya te puede ver. Verá que aunque eres muy activo, ahora te cansas más rápido de lo normal. Verá que a menudo almuerzas comida rápida. Verá que pones a tu familia primero y tu salud tiende a caer en segundo o tercer lugar. Y claro que verá que tienes el azúcar alto, igual que tu papá. En Kaiser Permanente trabajamos juntos para ver todo lo que tú eres y darte el cuidado que tú mereces. Kaiser Permanente, para todo lo que tú eres.